This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 572 with guest Marv B, recorded on May 11th, 2023. <laughs> that was next year. <laughs> Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. My favorite time of the year. In fact, I've already been on the deck for two hours, but you don't care. We'll post the show with world-class show notes out at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget, this show's affiliate sponsor for May is Nespresso, and a couple of you have taken advantage of this. Use the code MQU328. It's on the site as well. I have a new sponsor tab at theaverageguy.tv. Hit sponsors. You can see that one there and uh, and check it out. You get $40 off your first Nespresso machine if you haven't done it yet. They'll send you a little container for the uh, for the pods and, uh, and stop drinking bad coffee. Give it a try today. Nespresso, nice little machine. I make coffee every morning with the Nespresso it's my first cup of coffee before I get to work, and then I use work-free coffee, or I'll, I'll make it as I'm perking coffee, and then I'll drink my perk coffee. Marv, are you you a coffee guy? What do you what do you do for coffee? Hey, I'm a coffee guy, but I was going to ask you: Did you upgrade your coffee because of George Clooney or because of Aaron? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Aaron shamed me. Let's be really. <laughs> I think she shames all of us. Let's be really clear about this. She shamed me when she was on the show, and I said I drink day old coffee. And the look, the horror <laughs> on her face was I'm like, oh, am I not supposed to do that? Like, is that not okay? Would you drink day old? Would you rewarm day old coffee? And me, no. No. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> and if she's listening, <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I'm, I, and I'm, I'm not proud of it, but I do it from time to time. If I've got a little left in the perk, just pour it in a cup of coffee, throw it in the microwave. And uh, yeah, I, I switched to a Keurig a long time ago just to have the convenience of fresh coffee without the pot. Although yeah. Keurig yeah. does make, um, uh, I think it's called the Keurig Duo, where you can do the pods or a pot. I did right. that for my family reunion last year. Uh I've been on this kick now to try to be a little more healthy. So I just ordered some organic beans and a grinder so that I can actually grind my beans yeah, fresh. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And that. I've then put in, I have sticks of cinnamon that I also grind up. So I use the cinnamon in there, Ooh. a little bit of turmeric, and I'm looking for something to replace the creamer. Okay. Oh, we'll have to work on that one for you to figure out what, like, what's the criteria? Are you just looking for a creamer that's not as bad for you as like heavy cream or some of those cream replacements? Yeah. So I, so I started looking at uh, cocoa powder or something like that. So it was recommended to me a while back to just do that in place of coffee. And I had, I tasted one and I'm like, oh no, not. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I had been putting that in with the coffee for a while, but it's not really a creamer or sweetener. I, I, cause I, I do like it a little sweet. So I, yeah. I got to figure yeah, yeah. something. Yeah. You know, during the pandemic, I went, I went completely just straight black coffee and I didn't, I didn't think I'd like it at first, but it was just so delicious, especially perked. 
it was really good. And then, and I've had an espresso for a while and I've, I used Nespresso mostly to make lattes. So I was adding milk to it. So, okay. but then I started buying their regular pods and, you know, they've got Mexico and Colombia, and then they've got a bunch of specialty pods you can get. And I've, I've really, I've kind of given up creamer altogether. I really don't even add cream. I used to go into work and two pumps of vanilla and then yeah. on the, on the, the work coffee. And I, I don't, it doesn't taste good to me anymore. So try maybe do like a week where you just go completely creamer free. See if you can go. I've done a few of them, okay. uh, but I still, so I, I got my sugar down to one Truvia packet. Okay. Yep, yep. So I backed off on that. And when I do use the cocoa powder, I don't put creamer in. So I'm, I'm working at it, but I do. It, the, the coffee has to be flavored. So I'm okay. a hazelnut French vanilla guy. Yeah. So still working on it. Bob's one producer, Bob is wondering if 33 to 36% whipping cream, maybe no, that's not, that's the other direction. That's the other direction you're trying to go. Well, I do. I tell you what, I do like my Nespresso first thing. Like I can cut half asleep, pop it open, put the pot in, shut it, put the cup underneath it, hit the button, walk away for a few minutes and I can come back and have a delicious cup of coffee. So check it out. MQU three, two, eight. If you want to give it a try, big thanks to Jay Franzi. Who joined me last week? We had a, and he's out in the chat right now. We had a big chat about fire pits, and actually got more dirt dug out around my fire pit. So Jay, thanks for a little motivation. Actually, my kids did it again. My kids, they came <laughs> over. Two of them came over last weekend and were helping me dig out the fire pit. They're pretty awesome. But uh, Jay, thanks for coming on last week. And then of course, big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. If you're finding value in Home Gadget Geeks and you want to give back, you don't have to. It's okay. But if you want to, there's a way to do that. Patreon. Go to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. You can do it for one month or as long as you want. Available out there for you. I mentioned him earlier, but Marv, uh, Marv B is back. The IT Business Podcast at theitbusinesspodcast.com. Marv, always great to be with you. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for saying yes to this crazy podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I, you know, it, I told you a long time ago that I need to kind of be involved in these types of podcasts because even though I'm in the business of IT, I'm not the IT geek mm. outside of work. So, you know, the discovery of things that I need to do at home, you know, I'm getting from you guys. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the uh, the sprinkler, you know, <laughs> tech yeah. was one thing I did. Uh, listening to the um, cutting the cord type conversations that you guys have, those are all things that I don't get at work. So I'm getting them from you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And listen, I get them. This is... Every time I try to quit this podcast, you know, oh, I forgot to change the number again. We're at 572, <laughs> by the way, 572. Sorry about that. I, I, That's what happens when you have a cocktail or two on the, on the deck before the show. I always forget to change that. So 572. But I also get, I mean, a lot of the things I've done, I think about Aaron and some of her recommendations and, uh, you know, as far as what folks, uh, you know, Dave McCabe came on. We talked about those little He's making now those little wood smokers for cocktails where you can put, you put it on top of the cocktail, put a few wood shavings on it, light it up, and then it adds smoke to the mm. cocktail. And uh, that's like, he's cutting that on his, he has a CNC machine at home and he's cutting it on that. Super cool. Like you think this dude made this at home. This is kind of cool. Wow. So anyways, lots of, uh, lots of great, uh, lots of great stuff in, and I get it too. Let's well, talk oh, on that yeah. same vein. Yeah. So I almost stopped my podcast where yeah. I thought, you know, I think I've 
you know, run the course. There's so many other tech podcasts out there, but every now and then you get questions from a listener or thank yous from a listener that they've listened and took your advice. And from a business perspective, it's always great when they can sit there and say, Hey, you know, I was thinking of quitting, but you know, I'm listening to your show and it's given me ideas to reinvigorate my business or I made a choice change on my stack and, you know, made a world of difference. Um, so listen, you know, it's a labor of love, but you've got a following and, you know, they'll let you know when it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't had anybody send me an email saying a little long in the tooth, you know, uh, yet. I should mention Dan Lefebvre is out in the in the chat right now. Uh, Dan is actually a sponsor for Ask the Podcast Coach, which I do on Saturday mornings. Uh, more podcasting than tech, but I get to have the I have a geek segment in there from time to ta- a time where Dave lets me geek out. Uh, but Dan is a sponsor for the mug for that. He's at based on a true story podcast.com. If you are looking for another podcast to listen to and you want and Dan's been on the show before, but, but, uh, and he's coming up here in a couple weeks or maybe next week. Um, uh, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, or you just kind of a movie geek, Dan's would be a great podcast to listen to based on a true story podcast, all one word.com. Check out Dan. Dan, thanks for your sponsorship on that. He's been sponsoring that mug for a long time, <laughs> a, a while. And it sent me a really good mug and I appreciate it. So Dan, good to have you. And, Good to see uh, Rich Hay is out there. Rich has been on the show before. Rich, it's probably time to get you back on um, as well. Um, Katie J uh, coming over from Jay's show. Bob Carpenter's out there. I saw Tony a little bit earlier. Alex checking in. I haven't seen Ken yet tonight, which usually checks in. But good to see all you guys. So great fun to come out and uh, and be a part of all the things uh, tech-related. Um, Marv. So you're you're a you're a small business IT guy. You just kind of admitted maybe you're not a gadget junkie or you're you're maybe you're not as as into that, but certainly you're in the business of IT. ChatGPT, which Jay and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, keeps coming up in the in this has really lit up the world of what I kind of call AI for the average guy, right? If you go yeah. to OpenAI, I think it's at chat.openai.com. You can sign up now, get in, and and try some of the things they're doing. But as you think about small business owners and now the power that they have through OpenAI or through ChatGPT and some of those things, it's been a couple months. Are they talking about it to you? Are you hearing about some of this? And what areas is it getting interesting? Or talk a little bit about that. What are you hearing? Well, we're definitely hearing about it. And it's coming basically from two fronts. Uh, the main front is for the types of businesses like mine, which are uh, called managed service providers, where we provide, you know, IT services to businesses, uh, not just as, you know, a single tech in a corporate business. So there's a lot of AI that's now being built into our products. Now, we've seen, you know, AI in stuff before with all the chatbots when you go to websites, hey, can I help you? Or when you call into a support line or, you know, order something online, a lot of that stuff is, you know, AI generated bots. So it's been there. So now that's all flowing into the tech space where a lot of our stuff, it used to be when we would have in our, what we call our dashboard, 
So we have all of our clients in a dashboard. We have all the servers, workstations that we can connect to if we need to for remote support. We have our antivirus protection, our web protection, um, and we get alerts if something comes up. If a drive is running out of hard drive space, we would get an alert, and we would have to write a script to say, hey, when this alert pops up, go clean the hard drive, You know, clean out temp files, do all that stuff. Well, now AI is starting to be built into it, so we don't have to write those scripts. Mm -hmm. It just goes out and does it. And so now those companies are trying to figure out, okay, how can we leverage AI to make the jobs of techs easier? So that's the one side. The other side is the end users, the business owners, or the users in the business can just go out themselves and start searching. Mm -hmm. Hey, I want to do this. I don't want to call the tech. Can I just go in here and... Hey, can you write me a script on how to bypass the DNS filter? Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's, it's going to be a battle for us in that regard because a big chunk of our job, not, not that it'll be taken away when it comes to management and design, but there's going to either be a lot of stuff that the end user themselves can do because of that. And a lot of techs will probably just say, hey, yeah, you can do that. Just go out here and do this. Um, or it's going to create more work for us because they're going to go out and do something and AI might be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I think, an important point. And I was I was going to mention that. Like, not everything in chat GPT is true. Right. right? And so you, you've really got to kind of take it with caution going in. Because like you said, as an example... You could say, how could, how could I, this would be a query you could do. How could I um, uh, update the Windows registry to allow me to do this, yep. right? And it may give you a really solid answer that looks right and is not right at all, right? Mm -hmm. And so the user feels empowered and then can go in and update, make that registry edit. Can you imagine if you gave AI the rights to do the edit itself and you told it to do that? And then it, it started opening things and like, it's, it is right sometimes, but do you want your users necessarily doing some of those advanced things just based on what the AI tells them? Well, no, and that's why we lock down workstations so that <laughs> don't have admin privileges on their station, which is a battle that's been going on for years. You know, why do I have to call you just to update QuickBooks? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but you know, we can't allow that to happen. So again, there's software out there that we can put on stations where we can give those users, hey, you can update this, 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 and this, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's an extra cost, but that's available. I, I mentioned it before, I think, on this show. I can't remember where I talked about it, but I, I asked ChatGPT to give me some sources, some source links. Like, I think I was working on some Blue Iris uh, stuff, and I said, what would be the four most helpful links for Blue Iris software? And it gave me four links. <laughs> Not one of them was right, right? They were old links that, that uh, Blue Iris has obviously updated their site. Since then, they didn't work. I, I actually didn't. I mean, I checked them a little too late. It wasn't too late, but it was after I'd posted it. And, um, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to be, I think you got to be really cautious. Do you, 
so like what kind of questions from your business folks, what kind of questions are you asking you about AI? So I'm not really using it a ton for my business yet. I know that there are other texts and I'm kind of letting them blaze the trail for me. What I'm using it for is as conversation starters. If I need to write an email to a client uh, about a process, I may just throw in there, okay, how can I say this in a nice, you know, <laughs> tender manner? And, and write it in the tone of someone who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Is what it, laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm doing that. Uh, I'm using it to kind of help my social media posting yeah. um, where I'll say, hey, write a, you know, Facebook post that talks about this. And it does it. And it just cleans it up and sounds a little better. Now, could I have done it? Yes. And that's where the battle is going to be with all of these AI things is it's really stuff that we can do ourselves, but it's just going to be faster with that. But the scripting part is what I told you is happening. Yeah. And I have done a couple of times where I came across the problem that, you know, normally I'd either go into one of my professional chat rooms and say, Hey guys, any of you seen this? Or I might do a, Hey Google, what do you know about this? But now it's like, well, let me go over here and Hey, you know, chat GPT, but actually I started using uh, another platform called perplexity. Hmm. Talk about, talk about that a little bit. Uh, Perplexity is basically the same thing. It's, you know, it's, uh, I don't know who makes it, but it seems to be a much more updated platform. Whereas we know that chat GPT, you know, wasn't updated since 2021, although they're talking about opening it up and, and doing updates. Uh, perplexity is up to date. So if you're looking for factual information, it's going to be able to access a lot more recent sites and a lot more recent sources than ChatGPT. So, 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 for, so for you, I threw the link in the chat room. So they have a perplexity, just like it sounds, perplexity.ai. And um, so you're finding, so its value to you is the, the, that it's more up to date or it's, is it giving you different answers? Well, it is different answers, but it's a little more complete and accurate than chat GPT I'm finding. Now I'm not asking it to go out and say, you know, write me a podcast script on, you know, coffee mugs <laughs> or something like that, which yeah. people are starting to do. That's, you know, something you and I need to be careful of. Um, but perplexity is, it seems like it's more like chat GPT is more like Facebook and perplexity is more like LinkedIn. Seems to be a little bit more, so more business oriented. Yeah. Is that what you mean by more that? Business oriented, more professional, um, a little cleaner. It's not as, uh, not as muddled down as chat BTT, but GPT, you know, sometimes you can go into chat GPT and it's like, Oh, sorry, we're busy. That's true. If you're on the non-paid and yep. and remember you're on 3.5 of ChatGPT and not four yep. unless you're on the paid version. I um so I this is perplexity as we're looking at it. One of the questions I always like to I ask ChatGPT if it knows me. So I said, uh, um, you know, do you know Jim Collison from Home Gadget Geeks? And the answer is Jim Collison is the host of the Home Gadget Geeks podcast, which covers various talk uh various tech gadgets that find their way into people's homes. Okay. That's, I think I've written that somewhere just to be honest. It's not, it's not, I don't think it's picking that up from podcasts, but the podcast features news reviews, product updates and conversation for the average tech guy. Now it it is citing sources there, right? So, So, and below that you'll see 
where it's pulling it from. It's the first two are Apple, then Anchor, uh, Learn Out Loud. So it's pulling from sources and and putting this together. Now, what what I had been doing is is I would put the same question into Chat Chat GPT mm-hmm. and compare them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is a lot like Bing. Rich uh, reminds us a little bit here in chat. He says Bing service provide links with all its answers to the sources of the content in the reply, which ChatGPT does not at this point. You can say uh, cite your sources, but even those are a little questionable. Like if it it sounds good, I've gone back and checked the sources and they're not exactly what I was looking for. I mean, it. We have to remember, I think, in a lot of ways, ChatGPT is a calculator. It's a language calculator. It's really good at making things sound right based on what it knows. Its language abilities are awesome. Its translation abilities are even better in a lot of ways. But its accuracy, it's it's a lot like me and a lot less and a lot less like a professor in a college. When I don't know something, I make it up. When a professor doesn't know something, he says he doesn't he doesn't know what it is, right? And I and I think in some regards this is it. Um, but uh, it does say it finishes. Jim Collison hosts the show with a lineup of other hosts uh, and are live every Thursday night. Jim Collison is a contributor to the Average Guy Network. So pulling those all I, that is Apple Anchor. Yeah, uh, learn out loud in the average guy. Yeah. Now, and that's the concise version. So if you go below that, see where the the thumbs up or the thumbs down is. The next line in the middle is more detailed. So you can click that, and it will expand and give more information. So huh. you see now it gives you actually a link to your website. Yeah, yeah. this looks a lot better too. You know. Um, it's also got a related topics down yes. here on the bottom. Yep. So what are some recent topics covered on? Let's see what, let's see if it gets this right. So we'll click on this and see. Um, uh, so recent topics covered on home gadget geeks podcast include updates on home automation topics from yo, uh, yo, yo link. Is that how that's pronounced? Habitat and blue iris, as well as discussions on unrated home assistant. That's pretty good. That's not yeah. a bad, we, we talk about those things. Different uh, ways they can be installed locally. In addition, the podcast has covered how technology can enhance <laughs> your fire pit experience. <laughs> from sound systems. This was Jay's podcast from sound systems and outdoor speakers to televisions and smart home automation. Okay. So this is scary because this was last week. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It is pretty up to date. Wow. Wow. How did you, how'd you hear about this? I was doing a search. So what? So when I went to go do chat GPT for the first time, I kept getting the, we're busy, we're busy, we're busy. And I'm like, okay, there's got to yeah. be others. So I did a search and I said, what are some AI websites that are just like chat GPT? This came up hmm. and nobody I knew had been talking about it. And I went to it and looked at it and I'm like, well, this is pretty good. Now, they actually have it to where you can sign up for the service, but this is all free. You're doing this all, all free. Right. Uh, and ChatGPT, they make you sign up right. to right. get in there. You don't have to here, but you can. Now, I just signed up, I think, on Monday, and I haven't yet figured out what the, <laughs> what the benefit to signing up is. But apparently, there's supposed to be some more options inside. And I think that's those options that you mentioned where you can say, hey, you know, make your answer sound like this. And do I think that's in there? I just haven't had time okay. to go in and look. 
Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to mess with this for sure. Um, Rich had asked this question a little bit earlier. Let me find it really here. Uh, he said, how do you pro approach attribution when using AI to generate these various uh, posts? So Rich, for me personally, like uh, for this post, for this show, so it'll be at uh, the average guy.tv slash HGG five, seven, two, even though it says 570 below. Um, I'll say more from chat GPT and then I will put some things, Marv, about you that I pull out of chat GPT, although I might use perplexity for this this week. So I've been searching my guests on on chat GPT to get some more information about them to see. So I give it credit in that case. I'll be honest, I don't give I don't give it credit every time when I'm when I'm using that material. No, I, I think it depends on what you're doing with it. If there's something that you're really talking about that needs to be cited, then you can just, you know, go to the links that this provides yeah, and, and use those. And I think you can download, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of another site, but, you know, being able to just, you know, create a download with all the links yeah. and you just take them and stick them in. Well, this feels very Bing-ish, and, and Rich says Bing is up to date, too. And and so this feels a lot like the Bing instance. I wonder if they've got signed up some kind of partnership with Microsoft or something. Yeah, it might be. I've, I've just never I've, – I've never been a Bing guy. I don't use any of the Microsoft stuff, so I yeah. maybe it well, is. Well, this, is, this, is, this opens a whole new world to me. Like, all of a sudden – I had been using Swell.ai, which is a podcast-based service where you can upload your your uh, audio and it will transcribe it and then do a bunch of add-on stuff for you. So let it like, hey, here's some topics that you covered. Here's a show breakdown based on timestamps, right? I think it's $20 a month. They give you two, I think they give you two shows a month for free. So I've been really? using the free, yeah, I've been using the free side of it for now just to kind of try it out but uh perplexity.ai is this is interesting like then down below here you can ask a follow-up question so i i guess you could say you know like has uh, jim ever done a show uh we'll say with marv hey. and let's see what it let's see what it comes back here uh, yes, has done a show with Marv V, an episode of the Home Gadget Geeks podcast. Sat down with Marv, the host of IT Business Podcast, for an insightful conversation. They discussed the latest updates from Marv and talked about the exciting uh, advancements in the di DO. I can't remember. Speakers, yeah. DO speakers. That was the last time you were on, right? Yep. Yeah. That's kind of scary, Marv. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. How come I've never heard about this? Well, I mean, you probably heard about Bing. So if <laughs> Bing's, more, <laughs> Bing's more popular than the uh, well, I haven't used Bing very much. Yeah, I haven't used Bing as much. I don't like the interface for Bing. It's kind of so now when you go there, if you do a regular search, the screen will kind of scroll up, and Bing is up up, which is mm -hmm. kind of strange, right? You go up, and the Bing, the Bing, uh, you know, the the uh, the search is up there. But this is wow. This is, and you know, I look here. It says. In the past, Randy Walker, Gavin Campbell, Marv B, John Maddox, those are all within the last three months. You know, that's pretty smart. Yeah. And if you just, you know, go down and say, does Jim do any other podcasts? I mean, you can just literally as if it's and it's like the conversation that chat GPT is supposed to do where you can just simply talk back and forth with this. 
Yep. So Jim hosts several other podcasts, including Home Gadget Geeks, uh, Gallup's called the coach and asked the podcast coach. Now it's pulling off pod chaser, which is pretty interesting, right? That it's, there's a lot of information about the podcast that I do. And that's interesting that it's, it's being able to pull it from there. And, and um, see how fast they pulled. Yeah. Yeah. What, what other, okay. So I've done this. I've been, this has been a vanity moment <laughs> where I've done all these things about me. What, what other kinds of things would you use perplexity for? Do you think? Um, again, I use it for like, I'll, I'll, I'll use it for my outline. So if I've got a guest, like you do guest research, you said with chat GPT, I'll do, you know, some, uh, outline searches in terms of, Hey, tell me some highlights about this company that the person works for. Or if I find information that they were on another podcast or something, I may say, Hey, give me a summary of this and that. So it, it, it helps me with research in that sense. So Rich is, Rich is making an interesting question. He says, so no statement, then it was generated in whole or in part by, by AI. In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. Rich, just to be completely honest. But I've, I've had this burning question. Mark, <laughs> no Microsoft <and> stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, I have this burning question about AI. So as I think about if I was going to write something about, I was going to do a review on a product. I would probably go out and do a bunch of research and and pull all these things together, right? And then I would write it in my own, I you know, write it in my own kind of way, right? There's most work is just derivative work at this point, in in some of the stuff that we're doing. Am I necessarily going to if I've written it completely in my language? Am I necessarily going to give credit to those sites? In some cases, I should. I don't see a lot of bloggers doing it that way now. Uh, certainly what I know about things, I might have read somewhere else and not know the source, but I'm now there's a saying, you know, the first time I say someone said, the second time I say it's always said, the third time I say I've always said, (laughs) right? All of a sudden that goes from a source to you're the source. If AI, if this AI stuff is a word calculator, like we don't, if we do math, we don't necessarily give the calculator credit for doing like, oh, by the way, I figured out this on a calculator. We don't say that. Do we need to say I figured this out, like AI figured this out for me on a word calculator if we treat AI like a word calculator? So this is, I mean, this discussion is going to get much bigger because oh, for sure. so I've, I've, for sure. I've had the discussion. We talked, I, I mentioned that, you know, will AI replace the real live podcaster? And if you go to YouTube and look now, there's a lot of videos on there where there's no person that you see on screen, but yet you see the text-generated messages in an AI-generated voice that's reading along with it. But they're not giving attribution to anything either. But those those are getting very popular on YouTube. I, I know some... Here's And the reason I mentioned about the marketing, so in my industry the big push is for business owners. If you want to market, you need to do so many LinkedIn posts or Facebook posts. You need to do video. And I've caught some of them where they'll get on and do a two to three minute video and they're reading. And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) And I'll go to the, I'm like, they're reading an AI response. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, 
how much of this is going to be happening in our world. And I think that's where we're going. And, you know, I feel bad for school teachers now because the kids, you know, that they are going to be doing this for all their papers. And we're going to have to come up with some way to put their papers through some sort of website or algorithm to see, okay, is this an AI generated paper? Or did they really write it? Is, I think the question I have is, does that matter? Like when calculators first came out and, you know, I, I grew up and you did as well in the eighties and we don't remember a day without calculators, but it wasn't that far away. My teachers would talk about using slide rules for yeah. really complicated things. Right. Of course, complicated uh, uh, calculators wiped out the slide rule, right? By the time you and I were, taking, you know, uh, high school physics or whatever, we were using calculators for the most part. We were, but I remember sitting in calculus class, the, my very first calculus class, trying to figure out how to do it because the teacher said no calculators. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we did have a little bit of that, but I think today, I think today, right. I bought my kids calculators. Like their, their math classes would say, buy these calculators, yeah, right? The PA 35 plus two, two or whatever. <laughs> and, and I think the mafia sold them cause they were like $145 and they could have been like $30. Right. Anyways, um, you, you, I think by now we, we don't, we don't think of using a calculator in math class as cheating. No, we think of it as an assistant, right? And, in AI is not, I mean, going out and doing some of these queries, isn't it give me now you can copy and paste, right? But do I really like, the, like the, I wrote an article at the average guy.tv about the history of Jim Beam. I just put that in the AI, like, tell me the history of the Jim Beam company, right? I want right. to know more about it. Okay. All that work's been put together. It's all out on the internet. Like if it goes and finds that for me, do I really need to, well, one, do I really need to be writing blog posts on the history of Jim, Jim Beam if anybody can search for it on in AI, right? I guess I'm what I'm saying is the importance of the written word, like when we write blog posts now, I wonder if they're discounted a little bit because I could just go to AI and get it. Right? Yeah, I think you're right there. And And take a step back. Remember when we were doing papers and we had the Encyclopedia Britannica right. that we right. begged our parents to buy and you had those yeah. big books on yeah. the shelves? It's, yeah. it's no different. Right. It's just much faster yeah. to do now with technology. Yeah, I think education is going to have to pivot on this and say and expect not – they're going to need to expect more. Like instead – because, okay, so now the content – you know, they used to say, write a 25 page paper because that was a challenge. Okay. Yeah. It's not a challenge anymore. Now we need to think like, write 25 well-written pages of content that actually makes sense because I could use, if say I was a photographer, I could use Photoshop and make a really great, take a terrible picture and make it really great. We wouldn't have any problems with that right? What's wrong if we're using words, what's wrong with taking a topic and making it more interesting than it was maybe coming out of AI or whatever, right? Well, I think you're going to have to find a way to make it interpretational. Like yeah. what are the implications of, or what are, you know, trying to find a way to take the data that you can just gather and twist it to where you have to think of a different answer that's yeah. not just simply regurgitating fact 
of what's out there. So the idea of creating presentations, you know, where you're not just simply up in front of the class reading or you're not just throwing something up, you know, on your post, that's a marketing thing. It's, it's, it's going to have to be three dimensional thinking or as Spock would say, four dimensional (laughs) thinking. (laughs) Well, I think it's going to have to be, and this is what AI doesn't have yet is experience. Right. Right. And, and I think we've got to, the stuff we need to put together. So if someone's coming to something we've written about, we've talked a lot. Well, we talked about the Nespresso, right? You and I, I mean, I could easily put a post together of all the benefits of using an Nespresso, but what AI doesn't have and what they've actually limited it on is an opinion, right? They don't let it say it's the best or they don't let it say it's one of the best. Right. If you ask it, give me the best reasons for this. It'll say, I don't, I, I can't, I can't do that. I can give you some reasons where humans, or at least in our own experience, I think we bring experience to it to say, no, you know what? Yes, it has all these things. And maybe this is the difference where we think about in education is we can't just write, we can't just vomit information on papers. We actually need to have an opinion. And and I'm going to say that opinion is way more important than the, than the, than the words written on the paper. I think professors need to be looking for opinions, yes. right? And not just the Jim Beam Corporation was formed in 1890, you know, blah, 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 blah. You can get that anywhere, but I can't necessarily get from AI. Now we're close in some ways. I can get pros and cons. Like I can tell it, give me the pros and cons of the Nespresso or solo stove or whatever, right? And it will give you some things that's learned from the internet, but it's only, that's only from other people. Now, is that value? Okay. So if AI has access to 10,000 opinions, can it have its own opinion based on those 10,000? I mean, if you're just dealing with uh, algorithms, no. But if you allow it to speculate, then maybe. But that's, that's where this whole... You know, at that point, is it alive? You know, right, right, right. Is that what is that one of the things that makes us makes it sentient or makes it alive? Is like all of a sudden it goes, yeah, my opinion is you're terrible. I'm gonna wipe you out. So just to give you an idea, so one of the topics that I was going to bring up uh, was going back to a podcast you had with Christian Johnson. Yeah, and because I've got a customer I'm dealing with a password manager issue with them. And it was going to be, you know, the questions about LastPass, Keeper, or Bitwarden. And so I was in perplexity going through some stuff. And I just redid it here because I asked a different way. But I said, which is better, LastPass, Keeper, or Bitwarden? And it goes through its whole thing. And then at the end it says, ultimately, the best word, the best password manager for you would depend on your specific needs and preferences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and maybe this is the next generation where, and we talked about this when Jay was on, is that I really need AI to know me before it starts making suggestions for me. Now, you could, I have thousands of hours of transcripts, uh, at least at work, not so much with Home Gadget Geeks. I did that for a while and then I stopped. But I got all these transcripts. Now we know Google behind the scenes is transcripting every YouTube video. It's it's there. They've got it right. 
AI could, you could do a large language model just on yourself. In my case, I've got all this audio. It could know me and my preferences from maybe some of the things I've said. Now, when I've said them, I might've had a good, like LastPass, I might've had a good opinion of LastPass six years ago when they were a sponsor and things were going well there and we had a good relationship with them and it was a different ownership. Today, and this, maybe this is nuance, today, not so good. Like there's a lot of bad things going on with LastPass right now at the moment based on their ability not to keep things secure and their their inability to be transparent and some of those other things. That's my opinion, right? It would If it took the whole library of everything I've ever said, it would be confused. You used to like it. Now you don't. But, right, it's got to figure that out. Don't yeah, you think? but maybe there's a way for the algorithm to start yeah. incorporating patterns of behavior, patterns of speech, yeah. and, you know, patterns of opinions and can maybe start to sense, oh, Jim's opinion is starting to change on this. So, yeah. you know, and it, it yeah. doesn't start to say Jim has soured on LastPass. <laughs> yeah. Would it, would that, that maybe that's a time element as we think about Microsoft has this, uh, and I forget what it's called. Rich, help me out with this. In Windows, there's a function that keeps track of all the things that you do over time. Um, the, or maybe there used to be. I don't know if they're still doing that or not. The graph, social graph? Mm, anyways, I'm sure it doesn't that's matter. There. They, yeah, they've yeah. changed the name, but I'm sure it's there. Something like that. So where it would have my opinions over time. But I think until we move into some large language model that's personal, it's going to be tough to get it's going to be tough to get an opinion. And I think that's what separates us from AI is that we've got, and it may not even, it may not even be rational. Like (laughs) we may have reasons like we know the owner. So we like this product over this because we like the owner, not necessarily because it's the best product, but because emotionally we like the owner. Yeah. We like the owner, uh, their sales rep, you know, bought me dinner one night. They paid (laughs) for me to go on a trip. You know, I mean, there's all those uh, factors that Mm. come in. Um, I like the way, you know, the salesperson does their webinars. I love, you know, there's all these these factors that come in that AI just, you know, can't grasp yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it can't trust. Like that's that's one of those. I don't think it has a element. You know, there's these these words we use like trust and integrity where. It can't, I don't think today it can get that. It can, it could trust that I have this relationship. I don't know what it is, but I trust them. Right. Um, and so it, it is, um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting is it, certainly going back to the, what we can use it for and what it's good at. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of great ways to use this thing. Um, yeah, I you like know, I said, yeah. I, I like it as conversation starters. I like it as research, you know, background on either a person or topic. Um, it does do, you know, the pros and cons of certain yep. things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah Microsoft it, Graph is what is is what Rich is saying. It's called. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you be Marv? Would would it be alarming? Say you turn this over to just materials that you've either created 
or podcast things you said on podcasts, like your data about you, the things you've done on your computer, the documents you've created, some of those kinds of things, and said, create a large language model about me. Would you would you be comfortable with that? In all honesty, no. Yeah. However, who's to say that they're not already doing that? <laughs> I mean, you and I have been out there for years. <laughs> our voices, our stuff, we're out there. So somebody's, you know, probably already working on that. Yeah, that alarms me I mean, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, digital catfishing is real. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but it'll 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 be interesting. Now, so that going back to the whole podcaster thing. Yeah. You know, can I just simply go to a website at some point and say, okay, the topic is XYZ. I want to make three points, use my voice, go. We're probably not too far away from that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you mentioned so this the swell uh, AI that you use. Mm-hmm. So I use something similar called Memento mm-hmm. that I just started using. So I'm going to have to go look at yours. And it's kind of a similar thing where uh, when my podcast get post, it'll automatically load the podcast and it'll do an AI of the podcast where it'll do the transcript. Yep. It'll pick out about 10 to 15 moments that it thinks, hey, these will be good clips to throw on social yeah. media. Uh, then I can go over here and say, hey, what are the 10 best hashtags that I can pull out of here? Hey, write a social media post where I can publicize this on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I mean, all of that stuff is already becoming available that it'll be interesting to see where yeah. it goes. Yeah. It's a good, I've resisted it a little bit, just to be honest. I've, it's all been available to me and I've, I've implemented some of it, some of it into Home Gadget Geeks. We haven't actually changed anything I do on the Gallup side. We're, we're actually in a lot of conversations, uh, you know, with it's a little it comes, you know, from a business perspective and what we do from a polling perspective and news. We've got to really, really, really think about this and do this thing right. Um, so here's a question. And so for you, I mean, you're in the business of surveying. Mm-hmm. Right. How much of that do you think might be influenced by AI responses. Hmm. I mean, can that, can that happen now? Or are, are you truly doing, are you doing phone surveys? Yeah, yeah no, it's person to person. So there's no, there's no written survey that they can go to a website and fill out these no, questions no. and stuff like that. Okay. No, we have I, a very specific methodology. We have to ask the people. There's no, no websites. That's not, that's okay. not the, in the sample. Yeah. You, you have to go to, to, to a real person to get those. Okay. The reason I ask that is, so I have a company that reached out to me about a month ago that is a research company for the tech industry. I don't know how they found me, but I'm assuming it's because of the podcast. And they've tagged me as a expert in the industry that can answer questions. And the first two were phone calls, but now I'm getting like twice a week, I'm getting, hey, we've got a survey about this vendor. Can you fill this out for us? I mean, do I have time every week to do that? But they're paying me, so I do. But can I not just create and say, hey, if I get you know, a question, here's, here's the company I want to do some AI responses for. Fill that out for me. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, right. 
<laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, from a hack perspective, that might be that a uh, way to cheat the system, right? Of of getting a bot to do the responses, right? In that case, and then yeah, and it would actually sound like a real person. That's the crazy thing. I think that's the crazy thing about AI is the language models have gotten so good, right? That it sounds it sounds really good. You know, and you can, like you said, and I've done this too before, say it in the voice of, or make it funny. By the way, I don't think it's very good at humor, but make it funny or, uh, you know, have it said, I said in the voice of an expert, right? Uh, type deal. You right. can kind of, yeah, yeah. That honestly, that may be the, that may be the, uh, as we think about that in the areas of asking questions or getting information from people, I know there's already been, you know, there's a lot of legislation around this. We used to call a lot. I mean, our calling centers are non-existent anymore. We used to call people to get their opinion on things. And that's, for the most part, that is completely dried up. Nobody mm-hmm. nobody answers their phone anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants to take a survey regardless. Now, what they do do is they just go on Facebook and complain. Like, right. that's the that's what happens, right? If you, you've got to pay more attention to what's going on in social media than the actual surveys, because that's where they're going to complain. Yep, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marv, interesting conversation. You or I are not going to get to the bottom of this, but I, I think, again, I try to cover, as we think about AI, I've been trying to cover this from a from an average guy standpoint. Like, what do you and I think when we think about AI? I mean, there's a lot of discussions going on around this, but how does that affect us? And I think it's great to hear from your perspective, what your customer, I never thought of <laughs> customers defeating your systems by asking AI, Hey, how do I get around this? Like, right. Listen, our industry has been battling this for years. Um, here's an example. Remember the Mint magazine, you know, PC mag and well, I got the one that just went out of business, maximum PC and, when I started in the business, I would wait for those to come out. And then I would just, you know, put a tickle in my calendar because a lot of phone calls that I would get for the next month would be people doing all the stuff that they found in those magazines. So, you know, I think that it's going to be interesting. Now, in the hobbyist realm, I don't think it'll be that big a deal because hobbyists are always used to going out and doing research and forums and all of that stuff. AI is really not going to be any different for them. It's the average consumer, average end user in my businesses that I support that I'm worried about. You know, that, that technician that says, you know, why are you paying somebody to come in? I can do this for us. Yeah. And they're, you know, they'll just go on to Google chat GPT perplexity and say, wow, Hey, how can I, you know, how can I deploy this software without an IT administrator? Here's the thought. Is YouTube just a version of AI with examples? Yeah. I mean, you that know. technically that has been YouTube for the last, what, 10 yeah. years? Guys on YouTube. I mean, so we just, so we had an AC guy coming out and he's like, you know, he goes, I'm glad you guys call us because so many people call us after they've tried the YouTube video. I mean, because 
Yeah. You know, there's the, the AC electricians are sitting there saying, you know, don't spend $300, go buy this part for, you know, 13 and here's how you do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Until you said, I hadn't put this two, these two together. I never had that thought about YouTube being an AI in some way, but it is like I can go out and ask it and then, an, and then an automated answer, so to speak. Right. Yeah. You can find about 15 different ways to do things and you pick the one you want. And then it shows you, you know, I fixed my dryer that way. I've done plumbing that way. I've done some electrical that way. I've needed to fix something in my, something small in my car. And I'd be like, okay, 2006 Honda Civic. How do I get this? How do I get to the speaker? And it shows me a video. Yeah. Like in some ways, that's kind of what we're getting out of AI. So anyway, I never, that's a, that's a new, that's a new thought for me. Like, Ooh, YouTube's kind of, well, and then what happens when we have these videos being made? I mean, today there's people making them, but could, couldn't, YouTube's got enough stuff, right? That couldn't they kind of create their own videos that are AI voiced that do this for us? All they've got to do is ask the right question, yeah. generate the text, throw up the appropriate picture or video. Right, right. You know, they have it all. Yeah. I mean, that'll yeah. be the thing. Yeah. You know, and all they have to do is match up the text with a video from. They could even probably go and grab it from the company's website because yeah. there's, you know, I'm sure there's backlinks everywhere to these videos. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Rich, Rich says the advent of search engines made IT support a nightmare. Yeah. And it's gotten really good. I mean, man, there's just so many. Listen, these people are just trying to be helpful, right? I mean, they're not. They're, the folks on YouTube, they're just, I mean, they want hits and stuff. They want, you know, but. They're just trying to be helpful, right? I mean, the guys that show you how to fix your dryer or the guys that show you, how, hey, here's a weird thing about this car. You can fix it yourself this way. And you can, right? You can do it that way for not everything. I'm not going to fix my transmission or right. I'm not going to do an engine. I mean, I guess I could, but I'm not going to do an engine rebuild off YouTube. But Yeah, it's, uh, you know, people to ask me, you know, when people do those YouTube videos, what do they gain out of it? Because you know, are they taking away your business? And to some degree, not really, because what they're trying to do is say, hey, look, here's the easy things you can do. But when it gets hard, call me. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the difference, right? Is you're still smarter than the lowest common denominator on YouTube or putting all the pieces together, or there's still some things that are really complex that yeah. Just can't can't be demonstrated. I don't know. That's a crazy question. That's a crazy question. Well, certainly a good conversation around AI. Um, and and you've opened. I'm going to use the heck out of this perplexity. I mean, there's. I think it has its place. Just as I look at it, it certainly is. It's prompts. So after you put in a prompt, it gives you three additional prompts of things you should be asking questions about, which is kind of interesting. You can it almost is like a rabbit trail where you're <laughs> like, Oh, I wonder where this is going to go. How deep could I go on this thing? Um, uh, is very interesting. I think I'm going to have to spend some time with, uh, with perplexity and check it out. So good. That's worth the price of admission right there. there. You go. So, I, so thanks I, for that one. I brought okay. some content. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some really good content. Um, 
the I do want to ask you. So I have a really hard question to ask you. Okay. So, uh, so I have, you know, I basically am a small business here at the Collison House. I got a thousand monitors and a bunch of PCs. I don't. Know, I think I have six or seven in the house, and I have two UPS backups that are, you know, they're the average one. You know, the the one thousand versions, whatever they are. they, you know, they 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 range from six hundred to nine hundred watts. Uh, the PCs that I put them on, they're plenty powerful, but they're kind of consumer grade kind of, I mean, if I plug them into the generator, they blow the breaker because they're not, they don't have the right sine wave thing going on for them or whatever. So when we lost power last night, I know not to plug the UPSs into the generator because it doesn't work. So I have to unplug them from the UPS and plug them into the power. Make it work. Um, Today, right before the show, one of the UPSs was blinking and it was making a groaning noise. Like, and I shut it off because I'm like, all right, I have to fix it after the show. For for what you've seen in the space, as you think about, it, and we've talked about UPS, it's not the first time I've talked about it on the show, but I think I might be ready if I'm going to have to replace this UPS. I'm kind of wondering, should I be thinking about a, you know, spending more than I mean today. For that kind of that big of a UPS, you're going to spend 200 bucks. Let's say, should I be thinking more about a 600 or 800 dollar UPS to back everything up? Should I? I've been I've I've looked at some of these solar generators that I can use as a backup in the house. They're a little more expensive. We're talking probably 1200 bucks to do what I want to do. I, what are your thoughts just as for the average guy, UPS backup stuff? Have we, have I talked, have I asked you this question? No, before? you've not. Okay. And, okay. Good. Good. and I'm sitting here thinking I'm scrolling right now through my Amazon purchases because so what I've done, so I've got a generator out in my shed that I hope to never have to pull out again. You know, <laughs> it's a big, I don't know, 7,500 or whatever. It's a big boy. And you know, it's on the wheel. And I have a 6,500. So that's okay. what I, that's what I use. Yeah. So I had to lug that thing out, and we were contemplating, do we find that uh, AC adapter to plug it into the box so that I don't have to do all the cordage things that you were right. probably talking yeah. about doing? Yeah. And that's where I'm like, you know what? Just get a whole house generator. Yeah, and that's, that's where I'm at with the house. Okay. However, in the meantime, so I've actually – so I'm a big APC guy – when it comes mm-hmm. to battery backups. So mm-hmm. I do all the research and I've got the right ones I buy for servers and desktops. But I'm actually, for home use, I've actually gone to these portable uh, power stations. And the most popular ones, um, I forget the name of it, but there's one that's the Blue Yeti, the Blue Eddy. Um, oh, yeah, Blue Eddy. Blue Yeti, yeah. Yeah, so what I've been doing, actually, is we're starting to stock up on those. Now, I'm not using the Blue Eddy. I'm using a similar one, and I don't see it in my history. Uh, But, yeah, but that's all that stuff there. You're talking about, like, these, but on a bigger scale, right? Yeah, higher-end ones. So, like, the 1500 uh, one above there that you just passed, uh, the the anchor seven fifty seven for you know ten ninety nine yeah this one up here yeah mm-hmm. so a couple of those you know is about the cost you're going to pay for a really good generator mm-hmm. now of course 
you know, the gas generators are cheap. You can get those for four or 500 bucks and the whole house generators, you're going to spend, you know, four to 6,000 for the unit itself. And then you got to pay for the electrical hookup and all that. So you're, you're getting 10, 10 to 15,000. Yeah. You're getting up there. So I'm, I've been looking at a couple of these. Now I, I bought one for the office that I use with my podcasting gear. So when I go out, um, I plug everything into that because it's got the AC outlets and, and all of that stuff. Um, so we purchased, um, I, I probably need to go find the one I got, but it's a, it's a thousand, uh, maybe 1100 unit that we got just for the house. Because when we, you know, we really don't want to go through the hassle of pulling that generator out unless we know we're going to be done for, you know, a couple of days. So mm-hmm. anytime we lose power for a few hours, we just simply plug in what we need to these and we're good you know mm-hmm. and they're big enough to run if we had to if we knew we were going to be out for a day you know we can hook up the fridge and stuff to one we can you know have another one for our entertainment stuff um i've not used them for the computers mm. so i'm still with the the apc the problem with the apc is that they just don't last long enough right these right do these can last up to you know 10 hours mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the apcs i think the biggest configuration that i have last me two hours yeah the they have little tiny batteries i mean you, you you get this this these apcs and they've got two i don't want to say tiny but they're only this big they're they're old technology on the battery side they are you got but these the ones new that ones I, that are i get the 1500 model that has a battery extender pack Mm-hmm. So that's what gets me a little bit longer. That's what I use for all my servers. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for the, what is it? The lithium PO. Yeah, PO4. Yeah, PO4. Yep. So that I'm waiting for that technology to mature because those I think are going to probably be the next generation. They'll last longer. They're cleaner, but man, they're pricey. Yeah, they're a thousand bucks. You know, now if I, let's, let's say I replaced these two units, I'm at 500 bucks for what kind of what I need. You know, let's say they're 200 to $250 each for the ones, the, the ones that I use now. I did look at the next generation up for, to get pure sine wave, because mm-hmm. this is the problem is when I plug these lower end UPSs into the generator, they don't have pure sine wave, so they blow the breaker it thinks it's overcharging, right? It pulls this huge, this huge draw. At first, the breaker kicks, you never get past anything. Some of the more expensive UPS devices that are kind of enterprise or whatever, six to $900 for that same size. I'm all, so now I'm kind of thinking, this is with the thought, uh, I'm already in that price range. (laughs) It's like, and then I was thinking, well, maybe I go with, Blue Eddy or Jackery or some of those, throw that in. They also accept solar power. So if I wanted to, I could run a line out to a solar panel that I put on the roof and it would charge it. Many of those also allow pass-through. So if you've got them plugged in, it's going to pass the power through, not use the batteries, and only use the batteries when needed at that point, right, for the more expensive ones. They've gotten really good and sophisticated. So I priced it out. It's about fifteen hundred for what I need for the house. And then I think, do I really need to spend? This is it. Always ends with this discussion. Do I need to spend fifteen dollars, fifteen hundred dollars on something that only happens every other year? 
or and even once a year. That's where the rub is for you yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Probably yeah. not. Yeah. Here in Florida, it's a much bigger discussion because we, we could have a thunderstorm at any given time, take out power. Uh, we have the threat of hurricanes, you know, yeah. all summer. So it is a discussion. And then we will go a few years with nothing, but you know, we lost power for about 30 minutes just the other night. We couldn't figure out why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, we had it up and running within two hours. You know, we get, uh, we get, um, severe thunderstorms or tornadoes that come through here from time to time. We've had some just go as far as, you know, seven miles South of us. So they're close, right? Wiped us out for about three days, but that's once every decade. Yeah. You know, and you're like, Oh, am I, am I? So this is always where this conversation lands. I get start small. And then I'm like, well, I could go here at the mid range. And then I'm like, Oh, you know, I could put the whole house on a battery backup. Uh, that's actually four or $5,000. If I wanted to back up the whole house on a battery, maybe more four or five, $6,000. Do I really want to do that for one time a year, you know, or whatever last night? So we, we, the power went out. My wife texted the rest of the kids, Hey, our power's out, whatever. And my oldest says, what's nice outside. Like, why don't you just go outside? <laughs> step out to the deck? <laughs> it's going to, yeah, exactly. It's going to come back on. Right. And yeah, and I, you know, I set, I, I, I ran the power to the, like, so my emergency plan is you get the fridges going first. Cause that's the most important, like protect the food. Right. So I get the fridges going and then I'm assuming I would, you know, I get my computers up running next. Cause that's important to me. Right. And then in most cases I don't need them. I don't really need them. I mean. I yeah, can use I, a laptop. I could go somewhere else. But the difference is your your computers you're going to want on an actual true battery backup that when the power goes out, they stay running for at least a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get an alternate power source there. Things like the fridge and, and other stuff that'll give you time. You can go pull out stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's where having, you know, the blue eddy or something similar close by where you just run it over there, plug it in. Yeah, for a few minutes, of course, the fridge you got to probably pull out, you know, to get to the gourd. No, I've I've actually got the plugs now in a spot where I can just move them to oh, the. There you go. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I just the the way I the way I set it up. Yeah, yeah. I think Marv, I I think I'm over engineering it. Right, I, it's I think like, so too. For for yeah. and at least for you and your neck of the woods, and yeah. for the amount of time yeah. for me, I've I've had to think about that. It's okay. What can I, what can I live with? or not live with for 30 minutes. Right. And that's yeah. where we're at. So my biggest fear now is our office is not on a, you know, any sort of generator. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I need to do something here, but I don't want to spend the money because I'm leasing. Right. I'm not right. going to buy the building because it's too much money. So I'm literally, you know, three minutes from my house. So what can I do there that if power went out here, I can run home and, power everything up there so that's why we're mm. investigating the the whole house generator yeah right yeah. you know investing yeah. in those you know those power packs um as a temporary you know stop gap yeah well listen the ladies in the house last night didn't panic for one second like even my wife she was sitting on the couch and it was fully reclined and it's you know one of those it's all like yeah. she's like well i guess i'm stuck in the recline <laughs> position <laughs> 
And I was like, well, and, and it literally they, it's so funny. I get so bent about losing power. For me, it's really about losing food. That's what I get paranoid about. Right. I want, I, I don't, I, I have this unhealthy relationship with it and I get all amped up if I think we're going to waste food. Right. So, uh, so I, you know how you solve that? Do you have a portable ice maker? No. Oh, you got to get one of those. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I've got most of it solved. The, the, the funny thing was, is the girls didn't even panic for a second. They were like, we have Sarah bought these portable lights. I should have brought them over. And they literally just go, and you yep. you lift them up and the lights come on. And they were like $7, right? Something like that each. And they were great for those kinds of emergency situations. And then um, I was like, Sammy was like, well, if we can get a fan running at some point, that'd be nice. And I was like, it's, it's, how, how can you live your life so simply? I'm thinking about how do I continue to cryptocurrency mine? How do, how do you, Wi-Fi, come on. Could I do a podcast with the generator on? I could, by the way. I could, I could get it done. But, um, yeah, it's just a different. It's crazy when I start thinking about this. And the, the lithium phosphate uh, PO4, whatever those are, L I F E PO4. Those are the batteries that have amazing cycles, like 3,500 cycles now before 80%. Um, those are really good now. And I, and again, I, I, I sometimes think like, you know, I could probably just buy one of those power, all of them. It would be a backup solution. It's probably going to be four to $500 more than I'd pay for regular UPSs. They would probably last a lot longer. And I'd have this cool little device sitting where I could monitor. I'd have another monitor, yeah. <laughs> right? Because they all have those cool little readouts on them. I don't know, Marv. It's, it's, I, I've almost pulled the trigger on a few of these. Um, and I get down to it and I'm like, you know what? A $200 UPS to replace the one that's going out would be just fine. I, listen, I think a couple more years. Though those prices will come down. Yeah. 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 Well, you got any other advice for me? Uh I, I just gave you one, the ice maker. Get a portable ice maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, here's what's ironic. The fridge will last if you as long as you don't open it. Right. Like, you get twelve hours. But the, the, we got the ice uh, so that, you know, if power is out, you know, we've got the coolers yeah. in the garage. We yeah. get we can generate ice. I hooked that up to the you know, to the portable power station, we can make yeah. ice and we can, you know, at least keep our drinks cool. We can put ice in the fridge. Yeah. Um, if it does go pretty long. The, uh, not to pimp HelloFresh, but HelloFresh sends those, those, they have these like gel packs that they put mm-hmm. in every single box. And for a while I was just saving those in, the, in one, one of the freezers. Yeah. And then you can, in a power outage, you can just start taking them out of the freezer and putting them in the fridge. Yep. And it's enough, right? It's enough to kind of, for for any short term, I wouldn't want to go any more than overnight. But at one point, Sarah came down. And she goes, like, do we really need 57 of these things? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, probably not. And then I, I thought, well, so then my brain went, maybe I need a HelloFresh freezer that just has HelloFresh packets in it that I could then distribute around. And then you're like, Jim, you have a sickness. <laughs> you have a sickness. It's not the end of the world. Just get over it. You know, that's where you spend $5 to save a nickel. Right. right? And, and, uh, well, 
thanks for walking me through that again. It was just fresh because we just lost power last night. And now that that UPS is beeping and is driving me nuts. And it's not the normal beep. Like my battery's bad. Like I said, it's like this groaning beep. Like how old is it? Six, seven years old. It's old. Oh, it's It's time to go. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Florida, we've got a three year cycle on those. No, we replace sure. we replace the battery after two, and then the next time it goes, we replace. Listen, Marv, I will buy a thousand dollar Anchor seven fifty seven portable power thing, but I won't drop two hundred bucks on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, because it's just not as cool, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know these things are pretty cool. The other the other problem that keeps me from it, they're so cool. Do I really just want to leave it sitting in a on the, you know, on the basement floor. I mean, yeah, I've got a lot of things plugged into it, but do I really want to just leave it sitting on the, those kinds of things they're meant to take out and impress people with like we're camping and we have power and we're, we're cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was just looking so next pal is the model, the brand of the one that I got. So they have a solar station 2000 life PO four battery. With four outlets, fast charging, nine hundred watt input, solar generator for home backup, camping, and RVs, nine ninety nine yeah. ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it's a thousand bucks. It's a thousand bucks, and it would, you know, it would bring everything in for me. Could I do that? No, I really need about twelve or thirteen hundred down here to be able to. So I need a little more. I need a little more than nine hundred. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. I think between all my uh, three, six, no, nah, maybe I could, maybe I could get away with it. Cause I think I have right now I have two 600 Watts and I use about 400 on each. So that's about 800, but then there's no room for growth. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, this well, refrigerator or freezer for up to 18 hours. Yeah. Guess what I'm going to, well, listen, I'd only buy one of these to power the, power the computers right that's one of those to be honest that's one of those where i want to plug everything into one thing and then when the power goes off everything stays on and it gives me really enough time those small little ups's last seven minutes maybe 15 if you're like 15 to 20 i think yeah with a new battery and the wind blowing behind you and all those other kinds of things right going downhill those kinds of things so um i'd really like more like 30 to 45 minutes just leave everything on unplug it from the wall and plug it into the power cord i bring in from from my generator and then just have the generator start charging it that's the ideal situation and so if i could get look at the uh, look at the 1500 model with the battery extender now they're they're big i mean i'm not gonna lie they're they're yeah you know they're like a little suitcase (laughs) yeah i'm just kind of thinking and it was way more important during the pandemic because I was working at home all the right. time. Now I'm going in five days a week. So like I, it's not as if the computers didn't work here, I just go to work, you know, or, and I just, it's not as big of a deal as it was, but it just reminded me like, can I make this again, make it a little more simple? You know, the, all the, all the utility fridge stuff down here is on a single plug mm-hmm. and I literally just unplug it and plug it into the generator socket or into the generator power everything powers back up. It's one mm, mm, there you go. ready to go, you know? Um, so I don't know, you know what I'm going to set uh, to, uh, I'm going to obsess about all weekend now. 
Thanks, Mark. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to listen to the beginning of next week's show <laughs> to see what you did. Did I buy one? Did I buy one or not? Did I? I don't know. I've got a couple thousand, maybe five thousand dollars worth of carpet coming in, so maybe I should hold off on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, for for the regular listeners, uh, I'll, I'll I'll say this. So, a couple weeks ago, we lost our cat, which has been a big member of the family for a long time, and it was tough. It was like I didn't podcast the next week. It was really, really like it was a member of our family. We'd had this cat for like 20 years, but I'd been saying for the last 10, like, okay, when, when he goes, we're going to recarpet the whole house. Cause you know, it's a cat, right? They barf all over it and some of those kinds of things. So we waited and <laughs> waited, waited and waited. So this thing, this cat held on forever. Right. I mean, it was just like, so we really miss him. But in fact, my daughter uh, knitted me a, ca- uh, a oh. desk cat. This is super cool. So my my daughter knitted this for me. I said, "Hey, would you make me a little?" This is he was an all black cat. Okay, so I was going to say, was he? Does that look like yeah. him? With the eyes exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. She did a great job. So Sammy, thanks for doing that. But uh, but I said we'd replace all the carpet. <laughs> so guess what we're doing right now? Tomorrow, the guy, one of the guys, is coming over to measure right. for the downstairs and upstairs i hear you we we had cats well we had three for the longest time we're down to one and we're waiting for that so we yeah. can remove the carpet in our bedroom yeah. and put down tile yeah so well position. I, I yeah the the uh the bill is coming due so to speak i mean and i'm actually kind of anxious for it. i've been waiting a long time to replace some of the carpets in here and i just didn't want to do anything until that that situation happened but it was uh man it was hard like i didn't realize just how hard like he's been our only our only pet for 20 years Mm. and you know you think oh he's gone this is weird like i didn't i I was way more emotional than i thought i was going to be but it was it was good it was all good so it was five thousand dollars good as this new carpet is coming in this week so well, Marv, thanks for coming out and uh, and be, can you can you hang with me for one second yeah. as I as I wrap sure this up? A couple reminders on the way out. One, don't forget the uh, theaverageguy.tv powered by Maple Grove Partners, and that's Christian. We mentioned him a little bit earlier. Get uh, high speed, secure, uh, reliable high speed hosting from people that you know and you trust, and of course that's Christian. I think he's still doing ten dollar plans, and so if you need a site. Uh, for any reason, he'd love to host it for you. Maple Grove Partners, all one word, maplegrovepartners.com. I mentioned HelloFresh a little bit earlier. And of course, we're big on them. We're still doing two meals a week. Super awesome. And I can't, I couldn't imagine. I'd be super sad if we stopped doing them. $110 off your first five boxes. If you check it out at theaverageguy.tv slash HelloFresh. And uh, change the way I eat. Uh, Marv, you said you're trying to eat a little more healthy. And uh, HelloFresh has changed that for me. We're eating a lot more healthy, which is which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, just a great way. They taught me a lot. I taught me a lot about cooking, which I just didn't expect that to happen. You can contact the show, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Um, subscribe, rate, review, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff if you want to and if it's important to you. We appreciate you guys and we appreciate you listening. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at TheAverageGuy.tv forward slash live and would love to have you come out um, as well as I was picking up the document for the shows coming up. I closed it instead of uh, and looking at it. I'm pretty sure Dan Lefebvre is next week. Dan, I know you were listening. If you're not next week, don't panic. Nah, anyways, 
I think, but I think it's next week. And then I think in two weeks, uh, we have Bob and Ryan back on from Think Computers over at thinkcomputers.org. And we'll look forward to having them um, as well. But we'd love to have you join us live. There's a few of you doing that here tonight. But if you haven't joined us live, come out and try it. Give it a shot. If you listen all the way to this part, like you're, 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 you're the most engaged listener that I have. Come out and join us live. Seriously, just once. Love to have, I don't, we don't get anything done. I just love to see you. And uh, we'll see you next time. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.